This is your host, Vernon Terrell, with Grace Ministries International. And it's time for Walking Free. And we are back again with Torben Jensen. Welcome, Torben. Thank you so much. And we are going uh, to talk about uh, a subject that is prevalent uh, in society in general and with Christians specifically and something that uh, the Bible addresses and talks about. And it's this idea of bitterness. And before we jump into maybe cause, can we talk a little bit about what bitterness is? What is bitterness? Absolutely. I think bitterness is a completely common and very, very normal uh, temptation that all of us face when life just doesn't work out the way we plan. That's kind of the simplest way of defining it, where I have some sort of idea of how life should play out. I have some sort of picture of what should be happening and something completely opposite happens, something terrible happens, something that completely crushes my plans, my dreams, my idea of what life may look like. And what's very, very tempting in those circumstances is to react with bitterness, is to react with this this reality where bitterness is, I hold on to this idea, this should not be this way. And the more I hold on to this idea of how life should be, but it's not, the more bitterness becomes the fruit of that. And and that's something that all of us, we have some sort of idea. Uh, I've heard it so many times from people where they'll say to me that, yeah, I may have some issues with bitterness over in this kind of area of my life and this one relationship, this one person that we think we can control it. But unfortunately, uh, that's just how we're set up. We can't control these different compartments in us. And bitterness is something that will always spread. It'll always spread to the rest of us and it'll affect people around us. Again, we have that in Hebrews 12, um, we get a warning there where it says Hebrews twelve fifteen and uh, fifteen. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God. That no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by it many be defiled. So it talks mm. about this bitterness that can spring up in us, and it's going to cause trouble. It's going to hurt us, affect us, but it'll also affect people around us, and people around us become defiled. People around us become affected by our bitterness because there is this real sense of bitterness being very, very contagious. We say that misery attracts company. And I've sometimes said to people that, again, if you if you want company, then just get on a public bus or something like that and start complaining. And you'll <laughs> instantly have people around you who will agree with you. And it's very easy when life doesn't work out the way we want. Most people, unfortunately, find it very easy to find people around them who will just agree with them, who will sit and wallow in whatever has happened and bitterness spreads like that. And it's that, um, that word um, is the root word in there is this um, uh, peak Ross. And it's uh, this word to indicate um, it's the fruit of like a wild vine 
or bitter gourd, uh, which uh, are so excessively bitter. And this is from um, um, the um, uh, a word study that um, it's almost poison. Uh, and uh, that's that's the word, the New Testament word. And if you look in the in the modern uh, English dictionary, uh, this idea of bitterness as an emotion is defined as uh, it's a complex and multi-layered emotion that is described as a mixture of disappointment, disgust, anger, and fear. Uh, Some psychologists consider it a mood or as a secondary emotion uh, that can be uh, elicited in the face of insult or injury. And you were talking about when life doesn't go our way, um, that can feel like we're uh, injured or when some, a relationship doesn't go our way and uh, we are injured or we feel this uh, insult or resentment or unfair uh, disappointment. And all of that, uh, as you said, uh, the the surface emotion, there's an emotion there that is that anger, that disappointment, but it can seep down to what I call there's emotional responses, but those can seep down into an emotional state. And that emotional state can be like a state of depression, uh, a state of anxiety, and a state of bitterness. And so uh, tell me a little bit more about uh, what you've seen in this, this idea of bitterness. We, we touched on it um, briefly, I know, in the other podcast that, that, that I've been a part of, how suffering is something that, that God uses to call us into a deeper relationship with him. And, and he wants us to really be set free to live the kind of lives we really want to live and, and the pathways through suffering that can be very confusing for us to, to, to learn. But, of course, what's tricky about suffering is that we can essentially have two reactions to it. Suffering is, is inevitable. We will all experience suffering, but there are two ways of reacting to it. Either you can react with with bitterness, and that ties into what, what you just mentioned, that, hey, my rights have been violated. Mm-hmm. My dreams have been, been crushed. I lost my job. I lost a relationship. I lost everything I hoped for. And reacting with bitterness is very, very common. It's, I would say, in biblical terms, it's the broad road. It's the road that most people choose to travel. It's also the road, unfortunately, that most Christians choose to travel. Um, They may not say it like that. They may say, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. But really in their hearts, again, this starts to, as Hebrews tells us, starts to take root. Then there is the other reaction to it, which is the one that, that, that God wants us to take. But it's a journey of brokenness. It's a journey of accepting, first off, that life is not fair. And then it's a journey with Christ. And it's just me and him. It's me and him walking this journey. It's an individual, tailor-made journey that all of us must walk with him, where we walk away from bitterness, where we accept, okay, life is not, not fair. And we walk into a journey that has to do with forgiveness, that has to do with letting go of our rights that has to do with a fuller sense of surrender. And I, I thought about it today, how 
it's not very often you hear truth uh, spoken in in, uh, in Hollywood movies, but but I remember a Hollywood movie. It's, it's called The Interpreter um, that I watched many years ago. It came out in two thousand and five. Nicole Kidman and, and Sean Penn are, uh, are in this movie, and there's a pretty cool little scene in that that talks a little bit about this. Where so Nicole Kidman is from some uh, made up uh, African country, and she she talks to Sean Penn, who is a, a an American, and and explains how they deal with this issue of things not being fair. So they, she explains how in their country, if someone has been murdered and they found out who is the murderer, uh, a year of mourning will, will happen there in, in, in the village. And then after that year, they'll, they'll do this ceremony where they will take the murderer, the convicted murderer, and they will put him in a boat out in the middle of a river. They'll tie him to that boat. So he has no way of escaping. Mm. And then the family of the murder victim, they have a choice to make. They can swim out and they can flip this boat around and the, the murderer will die and they will have a sense of justice. But they'll also never stop mourning. They'll also never stop grieving. They'll also never stop living in bitterness. Or they can accept that life isn't just, life isn't fair and they can go out there and swim out there and cut the ties and rescue the man. And by that, they can start walking in towards freedom. And I, I just remember seeing that the movie scene there, there in, in, in the movie theater. I was like, oh, wow, that's pretty deep for Hollywood. Because they're, <laughs> because they're right. That, that that's what we, we end up with a, a choice when, when life doesn't work out our way. And, and, and I mentioned... Um, how uh, for for me when I think about it, a, lo a lot of this, I think about four years ago when when a situation deteriorated and and I lost my my job in in, in a church that I was working in and it took place in terrible ways that uh, maybe I'll write a book about that someday. But I was left with a, a shattered life in many ways. Again, we were facing not having a job. We were facing uh, being evicted from the the house we were renting, we had three little kids, we didn't know what to do. And and yeah, bitterness started building in my heart. And I, I remember just dealing with that over the next uh, many months. Again, it took several months before I was really ready to deal with it, this level of betrayal, this level of hatred that I'd also felt from people towards me and my family when all of this uh, took place. And I remember I was actually on, on my way to a, a funeral and I remember sitting in the car and, and I had like a four hour drive ahead of me and, and, and God was kind of just in my thoughts, Tobin, it's, it's time to deal with this. And I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with this. And kind of just going like that, Tobin, it's time to deal with this. And I knew it was time to step into fullness of forgiveness of what had happened and what, what people had done because I didn't want this bitterness to be there and to continue to spread and to continue to to affect my life. Before um, you go into that, uh, uh, in term, into that solution, which we really want to talk about, did you, when you were in that time, uh, in that bitterness, it was towards someone else, not toward your family, obviously, but did you see things leaking out as a result of that bitterness in uh, in other areas or in other relationships? Yeah, I, I would say so. Again, if you ask my wife, uh, again, was I a, an easy person to, to live with for the first several months after this took place? She would say absolutely not. 
I was not in a good place. I, I was in a place where it, it, I think in my case, the bitterness uh, manifested itself a lot in, in, in anger, um, in, in this sort of like, I will show them, I will prove myself, I will, uh, I will pull myself out of this situation. And, and that is not at all what God wanted to do. That's not at all what took place. But yeah, I, I cut a very frustrated uh, and irritable figure for those months while I was still stewing in this sense of betrayal and bitterness and all this sort of stuff. And again, like what kind of what you read that uh, dictionary definition, it, it's a it's a very yucky mix. It's a lot yeah. of stuff that's in it and, and it will spill over and affect people around us. And in my case, again, it took it took several months before I was ready to to fully deal with it. And I think God will will certainly allow that as well. And there's also, again, there are some people who, who think they can just kind of jump to forgiveness straight away. And, and I certainly don't recommend that. Again, it, it's all in God's timing and, and he sees when we are ready for it and ready to go there fully. Um, and, and some, I think, try to, when they're, when they're hurt or injured or, or feeling the insult uh, and, and with insult comes hurt, obviously in anger, uh, and disappointment, um, and and maybe some fear. When all those, when that mix kind of mixes together, and 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 produces this bitterness of soul, bitterness that just goes deep down. Uh, that does, as you said, it does just affect. Uh, it just comes out in the weirdest places, and it does affect. Uh, I like um, uh, Paul said in Romans talked about. Uh, really talking about the unsaved person, but this can be saved or unsaved, but describing them said, you know, whose mouth is full of cursing uh, and bitterness. And it said their their poison of asps or snakes is under their uh, lips and their feet are swift to shed blood, destruction and misery in their paths. All this is associated alongside of this bitterness and we leave this uh, d- this wake of destruction uh, when we don't deal with it and sometimes folks try to deal with it by just boxing it up uh, putting it aside and trying to forget it that doesn't work or they try uh, a distraction which is another form of forgetting trying to for or just you know I'll just let bygones be bygones or time will heal. That never works. And, nope. you know, we try these strategies or, or like you said, I will deal with it um, in my own way and everyone, what I don't even know what that means, yet, their own way. Uh, but there is a biblical way to deal with bitterness. And uh, you had to deal with, I've had to, to, to deal with this is a and this is not a one shot thing with bitterness can can come at us as humans um at any time and there is a solution uh for bitterness so can you talk about as you were just leading in, into here you are god's dealing with your heart uh god's just putting his finger on that and says i love you you need to deal with this. How did you deal with that bitterness? Yeah, no, I think we, we we need to focus on 
on forgiveness and, and, and it's been it's been a few minutes kind of breaking down what forgiveness is and what is not because these are realities that I learned myself uh, 14 15 years ago and that have transformed how I see everything with forgiveness and how I live in forgiveness um, there's lots of confusion for many Christians who believe that they have to forgive that they must forgive and it's some sort of demand it's some sort of law and and I, I gotta just get it done straight away, but but that's not again what we we live in in the new covenant. We live in a new reality. So I just want to focus just briefly on that, and then share a little bit more personal. Mm-hmm. So um, there's stark difference between uh, how forgiveness is is spoken about when we look at the old covenant in the Bible, and we that's before the cross of Christ, and we, when we look at it on the other side of the cross of Christ, where we live in the new covenant. And there's this, uh, we, for so many Christians, they have to come to a place where they see, okay, it, it can't be both and, because there's a real contrast. Again, in Matthew 6, uh, right after Jesus teaches the Lord's Prayer to his disciples, it says, Matthew 6, 14, 15, it says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. And there he Uh-oh. is. oh Oh, oh, that's not good, huh? <laughs> so he's teaching conditional forgiveness. He's saying, if you forgive, then you will forgive. And if you do not forgive, you will not be forgiven. And there are so many Christians who are stuck here. So they mm-hmm. live with that sort of idea that I have to forgive in order to be forgiven. They have still not made it all the way to the cross. They have still not heard Jesus Christ cry out, it is finished. And this is all taken care of. They still live here. Jesus is talking to disciples. He's talking to people there who live before the cross. He's still sharing about the, how the futility of the old covenant that this leads to, as he'll conclude later in the same passage, that be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. He's talking about this level of forgiveness. He's talking about uh, uh, this this level of perfection, and he's talking about in this context of forgiveness. That's how it worked in the old covenant. If you forgave, you were forgiven. If you didn't forgive, you were not forgiven. Mm. Then, if we jump to to the new covenant, we jump on the other side of the cross, and we jump into the reality that we live in. Uh, it's it's very very different. Again, we um, we see in Ephesians four, Ephesians four, uh, verse thirty one and thirty two, we have bitterness there again. It says. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. And then it says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Past tense, done deal. No conditions. No conditions. This is unconditional forgiveness. And that is crucial for every listener. If you don't know this, if you don't understand this, Give Grace Ministries a call. Get in touch with us. We'd love to break this down more for you because this is so important to understand how to do forgiveness, live in forgiveness in a healthy way that I knew sitting there in that car that even if I chose to hold on to that bitterness for the next three years, I am still 100% forgiven by God. There's nothing between God and I. It's all taken care care of. Romans 8, 1, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, regardless of what I do, regardless of what I hold on to, regardless of what I feel, whatever. 
none of that is an issue. So I knew that sitting there that, okay, this was an invitation to forgive. And that's what Paul says. Forgive each other, just as Christ, God in Christ also has forgiven you. He's talking about something that's a natural part of, of, of your flow, of your life as a child of God. I know that I'm fully forgiven, so I want to extend that to other people. Great. It's an invitation. You can say no. We don't get many real invitations. Most of us know if you get an invitation to a, some sort of family party, you know there's going to be consequences if you say no. That's not a real invitation. A real invitation you can say no to. And you're still okay with that person. That's how God invites. He mm. invites us and says, hey, there's something here, Tobin. It's time to, to deal with this. Again, do you want to let it go? Do you, are you ready to forgive? And I could say no, and him and I are still equally okay. That's just super important for our listeners to know that. Crucial. And it's so, so, that we, so that forgiveness is not a demand. Forgiveness is an invitation for our own good. Forgiveness is God our Father saying to us as his kids, hey, I know this is bothering you. I know this is hurting you. Should, should, we, should we look at it? Is it time to let it go? And then you can choose to walk into forgiveness as, as I did there sitting in that car and, and, and as I've done many, many other times. This is this has become a way of living. Again, my wife knows something something difficult will happen, whatever situation it might be, and I'll tell her, you know what, I'm going to go for a forgiveness drive. And in my case, that's how it works for me, that uh, my house is, uh, I have three little kids, so it's a noisy place typically. So I'll go for a drive and, and I will go through, again, I don't work and operate with process in, in, in many things or that there are steps necessarily to many things in life. But I think there are, this is a, this is an exception. When it comes to forgiveness, mm. I think there is a process of, and, and the first couple of steps are the most painful and those that most people s- skip. They, they'll go to, I was hurt, but I forgive and onward life. And that's not forgiveness. It's a very shallow way of forgiving. And that's why so many people experience, they, they don't experience the fullness of forgiveness. So in this case, sitting there in the car, having to forgive people, being invited to forgive people who had destroyed my life and had caused so much heartache from, for myself and my family. First step is naming what happened. What did they do? What was said? What were the actual actions? Not without apologizing, without explaining, just putting it in clear words what took place. Second step is how did that make me feel? And that can be difficult for a lot of people if you're talking about something that took place with your dad or mom or whatever 20, 30 years ago, but to go there as specific as possible. This is how it made me feel. And then what, what happens there is you're charging the debt. You're, you're looking at what is this debt that you feel the other people owe you? And it has those two components, the actions and how you felt about it. Then you can start moving into Okay, I choose to forgive. Not I would like to forgive. I hope to forgive. Or one day it would be great if I could forgive. No, no. I choose to forgive. This is a choice. This is something that that you can make as a choice. You may not feel it. It may not. Uh, there may not be butterflies and roses around you in this moment. But you can make this choice with your mind and say, okay, I'm going to make this choice. And then what will happen is the feelings will, over time, follow your decision. And, and then, again, there are steps where you can then, if you're ready for it, that you're not always ready for it, 
but you can, what I do is I will then forgive them in very short and simple. I choose to forgive everything that I've just listed. And then I'll say, and I, I wish good for them. I, I wish a blessing for all these people. Sometimes if it's a deep betrayal, deep hurt, sexual abuse, anything like that, you may not be ready for that. And that's not a problem. The last thing there is not really a part of forgiveness. It's almost like an extra add-on. But, but the, the mm. first three are listing what happened, listing how it made me feel, and then just saying, I choose to forgive all of this. I and add one more thing. I add, yeah. Torben, one more thing to that. I add uh, Hebrews 10.18 that says, now where there is forgiveness of these things, there is no longer any offering for sin. And I say after I choose to forgive that they do not owe me anything. Exactly. I was just I was just going to say that. Absolutely. And that's the thing. You've charged the debt. You've listed the debt. And mm. forgiveness is then canceling all of it and saying, no one owes me anything. Mm. There's nothing between me and this other person. And that's, of course, what why so many people don't want to go there. Because, of course, it feels unfair. And it, it's true. That's the nature it of forgiveness. It's deeply, deeply unfair. But someone said, and I don't know who it was, but I heard it years ago, that unforgiveness is the poison I drink while waiting for someone else to die. Oh, that, that's good. That's that's what I end up doing. I hold on to unforgiveness, and I think the other people are suffering. The truth is that people who have done all sorts of things to you, they don't even know it. They never even think about it. But you're the one who's suffering. You're the one who's drinking this poison, and it's killing you. So forgiveness is then choosing to let go, and you find out that the one that really needed that was you. The other people are typically completely unaware of it. Um, and it's it's become, like I said, it's a thing that I do. I, 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 I've chosen to live like that where I keep very short accounts. Something happens that upsetting, disappointing, hurtful, whatever it might be. And I will do this. I will go for a drive. I'll go through these steps. And, and I will choose to forgive. And I'll choose to let go. And I remember one time I was speaking to a, to a, a guy that, that I met who we were talking about forgiveness and, and he had deep issues of unforgiveness in his life. And I was sharing some of my stories from my life and he just asked me, so what's the difference between you and me? How do you not live like a bitter person? And and I just said, wow, talk about the easiest setup for sharing about Jesus. And I just <laughs> said, let me tell you about Christ. Let me tell you about what he has done in my life. Let me tell you about the freedom there is to live as a child of God, knowing that I'm fully forgiven, no matter what I say, do, think, or feel, and that I can extend that forgiveness to people around me. And most of the time, I don't share with other people what I have forgiven them. This is between me and God. This is for my sake. God says that in, in the Old Testament as well, that he forgives for his sake. That's part of how, what God is teaching us. Forgiveness is for my sake. So a lot of times, again, it's not like I will call people and say, I have now forgiven you. Very often, that's not necessarily the smart or the wise thing to do, but it's something that I choose to do. Again, we talk so much about in churches about soul care, and I'm like, if you want to talk soul care, this is this is where, where the rubber meets the road. Live in forgiveness. Practice forgiveness. Keep short account. Don't minimize the pain. Don't say that you weren't hurt. Don't say that it didn't disappoint you be aware and, and say hey i want to forgive this 
And I, I tell you this, and this is um, a, like the flip side of this. I was working, I was uh, working in a jail, working with inmates, and I was in a prison uh, cell, um, jail cell uh, pod. They call them of about eighty inmates, and and I was going through talking to these uh, in a uh, section of that pod, uh, some inmates, I don't know, fifteen or twenty, and talking about uh, this idea of freedom from addiction. And we were on this topic of forgiveness, and I was talking about Christ and receiving Christ and the, and forgiveness. And I remember this big old uh, inmate just came up to me right in my face and said, why do I need forgiveness? And uh, I didn't have time to explain everything. I was actually having to leave the pod. And I said, well, uh, that's going to be something between you and God to hammer out, because if you don't see the need, you're not going to be uh, see the you're not going to receive the forgiveness. And it's like here, uh, if we don't um, take time to outline exactly the hurt, we're not going to be able to offer that forgiveness. No. And so we need to understand the need, as you said, the uh, the hurt and the pain. And then we can choose to forgive and let it go. Uh, it's so important. Uh, exactly. This... Because, because it's taught to so many, this idea that just leave it at the cross. But the problem is that so often people have no clue what it is they are to leave at the cross. You have to, as I often say to people, in, in order to disown something, in order to put something behind it, you have to own it first. You have to be able to sit and look at it. You have to be able to call it by its right name. And to the degree that you do that and, and you're able to be honest about what happened, how it made you feel, to that degree I've seen in my own life, do I experience the fruit of forgiveness? Because, of course, the fruit of forgiveness is joy, is hope, is peace, is trust being rebuilt so that you don't walk around with this bitterness because of course what bitterness does as well is that so many people are so hesitant to engage in a new relationship in a new friendship to go to a new church or whatever it might be because oh no 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 because it's probably going to be exactly what i experienced before mm. and they they walk with this bitterness into this new relationship situation job whatever it might be and the people there don't have a fair chance because they're, they're up against something that's hidden from them. They don't know that the person walking in has already judged them based on previous experiences because that's what bitterness will do. It will cause me to judge people around me and, and, and I will start to protect myself and say, no, 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 I'm not going to put myself out there. I'm not going to engage because I'm going to get hurt. And you saw what happened last time. And, and that's how bitterness speaks. That's how the enemy speaks through bitterness. And that's why it's so important that we keep short accounts, that we choose to take on this invitation from the father when he says, hey, son, it's it's time. It, it, this will be a good time. Walk into forgiveness with me and experience the fruit and the freedom that comes from living like and that's and I think uh, we have got it uh, flipped and uh, mixed up a bit. When often when people hear "keep short accounts," they're thinking "keep short accounts with God." God's already wiped your account clean. Yes, you're forgiven. We're talking about as Torben's been explained, keeping short accounts with the relationships 
that you're in that have impacted you where you're hurt and maybe angry and maybe even bitter and deal with it. Uh, in fact, if you're if you're saying, you know, I, I've forgiven this person, but I'm still not feeling X, Y, Z, or I'm still not walking free. Maybe you didn't take the time to really unpack what and how you were hurt, what was hurt, what exactly, how did you feel? You didn't really define it uh, completely, and therefore you couldn't release it completely. Yeah, yeah, or, or maybe again, you need to to meet with someone, and, and again, for so many people, they have pushed down this type of stuff, the things that have happened so so deeply, then that's where counseling is such a, such a gift to people. I remember... This one time, a, a young lady uh, who I, whom I was counseling, and, and and we had been talking about a bunch of different things, and we were talking about forgiveness. And she came in, uh, and, and I'd given her an assignment to write down some things about different people in her life to forgive. And, and um, she came in, and she said, I can't do this. And I, I said, okay, that, that's fine. Uh, could you explain to me why? And in her case, uh, she had discovered something that had been pushed down in, in her her memory and it had to do with in her case uh, sadly some some sexual abuse from her granddad mm. and she was getting in touch with that and what happened in this case is she came in the next six Tuesdays she came in and she said the same thing I'm not ready I can't do it I can't let go of this I cannot forgive this and I said fine no problem we'll just continue our conversation she came in the seventh uh, week and she said, okay, I'm ready. Let's go. Wow. So, so there was a process she was in and now she was ready to let go of, in this case, this, this horrific uh, memory and the, this pain that had been eating her uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner for, for many, many years because that's, of course, what it will do. That's this idea that unforgiveness, it, it, it acts like poison. But she needed time. And, and, and I just want to say that to listeners that uh, this is where counseling can be such a help to, to walk with, with somebody who is, uh, who is able to sit with you and give you time and process things with you and, and, and give you that safe space to, to dive into the depths of forgiveness and for you to be able to experience the, the freedom that comes from living like this where, yeah, I have nothing in my life, no matter what has happened where I'm still holding on to this. And just a very personal comment on that, where sometimes I'll talk to my, my sister about some of the things that took place at that church that I just shared. And my sister will be will openly say to me, yeah, you have forgiven them, but I haven't. So she is still living, even though it wasn't her that it affected directly, it was actually mm. me. Uh, she is still living in bitterness and it's still affecting her negatively. Um, which is a sad reality that you can even hold on to something on behalf of somebody else. But uh, again, all of us, the invitation is the same from God. Come, let's uh, let's walk through this together. Uh, let, let's let it go. Um, and we have Jesus as as a as a model, crying out on the cross. There, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I've Absolutely. had to I've had to say that many many times to God where. Where people have have hurt me, uh, relationships, friendships have have uh, disintegrated in some sort of way, and and that's uh, again I associate myself with Christ right there. Like 
forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And, and I want to let go of all of this. And we don't need, we have enough troubles uh, with our own relationships. We don't need to take up offense for another. That's just no. one, one brick we don't need in our backpack no, absolutely. Of, of issues. But uh, this has been, I think, so helpful and it will be so helpful uh, for so many. So thank you for sharing this. Uh, it was a great conversation. This is where, again, you say, well, where do I start? How do I start? Yeah, Maybe you've been talking about, yeah, I need to forgive, or, uh, or you've been talking uh, and you know, uh, you know things are not right in a relationship and, uh, and you need to do something about it. Uh, but you just haven't. Maybe you procrastinated. Maybe you've just tried to distract yourself. Well, this is where we say that tagline, if you will, uh, there is something you can do. Uh, there is something, there's a step that you can take uh, to walk in freedom. Uh, and that step is the process, begin that process to forgive and if you're not ready, then you ask God to reveal to you, to, to help you push through and to process through is a better word, to process through the hurt, to understand it, to define it, uh, and how it made you feel as Torben outlined some of those uh, ideas. And then it's up, the decision is yours. The decision is yours. And God loves you whether you choose to make that decision to forgive or not. You're loved and you're already forgiven. So put that, you, you and God are good. This is for you to experience and walk in his freedom. Uh, that's the decision. Uh, and that's the decision to forgive. So uh, if that's what you need to do, then I want you to pray uh, and ask God to give you the courage uh, the insight, uh, and uh, the wisdom to make that choice. So as we say on the podcast, it may be time for you to stop talking and to start walking. And that first step may be to process through forgiveness. You've been listening to Walking Free a production of Grace Ministries International in Marietta, Georgia. For more information, go to our website at gmint.org. That's G-M-I-N-T dot O-R-G.